We will now welcome our guest speaker, Mr. Habakkuk. So please open your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk. It's from the Old Testament. We will be reading from chapter 1, just the first four verses. You can find it on the Pew Bibles, page 997. Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. This is the word of the Lord. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. Or cry to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Let us pray. Father, we have heard your word. Give us your spirit that we may be able to understand and obey. Hide me and let Christ be preached. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Brothers and sisters, how do you get to know someone? Usually we say, hello, my name is Leo. But that doesn't give you much, eh? That A gives a lot. But you usually learn about someone from what they say, their cry. Observe children, for example. When little children cry, you learn a couple things about them. What the child cries about shows what he cares about. And this is what I notice. Whom the child cries to shows to whom the child belongs. Now likewise, adults cry, complain, or talk about the things that burdens us, the things that we care about. Why is this service so long? Why is this person driving so slow in front of me? Why is lunch not ready yet? These are simple things, small things. But these reveals what burdens us. What really is in our heart. What burdens us shows us the true identity of that person. So, for example, a father's burden is to provide for the family. A student's burden is to study well. Now, look at our culture today. The culture puts so much emphasis on identity. You hear the mantra out there in the world, Be true to yourself. Follow your heart. 
You be you. Do what you want to do. Be whatever you want to be. And we value the identity so much that we make it our burden to proclaim it, to talk about it. We make it known, we exalt it, we guard it. We get so offended, so upset when we are misunderstood. My identity is attacked. What about our complaint, our cries? We cry about the things that impede us from what we want. The things that do not make us feel good. The things that do not serve us. It is all about me. And the Bible categorizes this as self-seeking people. There are only two categories. The self-seeking person and God-seeking person. The self-seeking man says, I am what I want to be. I am what I feel. I wake up grumpy today, I will make the whole world know that I'm not happy today. I do what I want because I'm being true to myself. But today we will look at the God-seeking man, Habakkuk. And we will learn that true faith shapes our identity, our burden, and our cry to God. That is our outline. I forgot to submit it to the secretary before, so write that down. Our outline will be Habakkuk's identity, Habakkuk's burden, and Habakkuk's cry. We shall do that by looking at the first four verses of Habakkuk. So look at first one. Keep your Bibles open. What does it read? The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Who is Habakkuk? You get it from verse 1. Habakkuk, the prophet. That's it. Habakkuk, the prophet. That's all you get. If you want to know more about him, you can see it from his cry. To whom did he cry? Look at verse 2. Oh Lord, capital L-O-R-D. That is Yahweh, the covenant God, our God. Christian God and not any other God. So Habakkuk, the prophet of Yahweh, that is his identity. Now his burden. What is his burden? To proclaim the word of God. Look at the brevity of his introduction. His main concern is not for himself to be known. He does not waste the time to brag or to tell about himself. This is all you need to know about me. I am Habakkuk, the prophet, and my burden is to preach the word of God. Listen to my message. I must decrease, he's saying. Whom I preach must increase. Let me be hidden, but see him. Let me be forgotten, but remember him. Who are you? Habakkuk the prophet. Why are you here? I am proclaiming the burden from God. Now you must be wondering, Leo, where's the word burden? In your Bibles, in our translation, we don't have that. It's translated as oracle or utterance. The Hebrew word is masa. It's basically the burden that God puts on the prophet 
to tell. So the oracle that they receive. So it's both correct, oracle or burden. So you will see in um, New King James, for example, it will say the burden that Habakkuk has. So Habakkuk's identity is God's prophet. The identity informs the burden. His burden is to bring God's word to God's people. Burden related to identity. Now let us pause and look at our lives. What is your identity? Who are you? You might be known by your jobs, what you do. I'm a pianist, I'm an accountant, I'm an employee, employer. Or I'm a father, I'm a mother. But these are not eternal. What if you lose your jobs? Did you lose your identity? What if you have to lose your children? Do you lose your identity? I encourage you to find your identity in Jesus Christ. This is the eternal and secure identity. So who are you? I'll answer, my name is Leo, a Christian, a child of the King. Whom do I belong? Heidelberg one helps with that. I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Is this how we remember ourselves to be each day? It's sad that we often forget who we are. Like James says, the man who forgets his face once he walks away from the mirror. So I encourage you every morning, every day, remind yourself, look on the mirror. Who are you? A Christian. Why are you here? To proclaim my Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now let's go back to Habakkuk. We will go to verse 2. We have seen his identity, his burden. The next in the outline is his cry. To understand Habakkuk's cry, let's see at the situation in Judah. Habakkuk lived around the time of the prophet Jeremiah. At that time, Israel was already divided into two kingdoms. Children probably know this, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, Judah. Now, the northern Israel had fallen to the Assyrians, done over with. Now Habakkuk is living at the final decades of Judah before its destruction. How's life in Judah at that time? Habakkuk very likely had experienced the reform King Josiah brought. Remember King Josiah? One of the very few good kings in the southern kingdom. But after Josiah's death, everything went down. His children, his sons, Jehoahaz, for example, his fourth son, is the next king. Only ruled for three months. How did he do? You can read in 2 Kings 23. You don't have to flip. I'll tell you. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And then the next king is 
Josiah's second son, Eliakim, or Jehoiakim. Same person, different names. He reigned for 11 years. How did he do? Same chapter from 2 Kings 23. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. This is like the refrain if you breathe through the book. What did Jehoiakim do? First, you can read in Jeremiah, for example, Jeremiah tells us, Jehoiakim led Israel to worship idols. Not just that, he burned children for sacrifice. Jeremiah 7 tells us. He also forced people to build his own palace without wage. Jeremiah 22 tells us. He shed innocent blood, practiced oppression and violence, pursuing dishonest gain. And guess what? Jeremiah confronted him. And he refused to repent. In Jeremiah 36, he even burned Jeremiah's scroll. What a wicked, wicked king. Leading God's people, Judah, into sin, adultery. The law of God is paralyzed. Justice is perverted. Violence everywhere in Judah. God's own people. The covenant people. Now you can understand why Habakkuk cries to God. So what does Habakkuk cry? Look at your Bibles. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2. Oh Lord, how long? This is originally God's cry. You see that repeatedly throughout the Bible. In Exodus 16, for example. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Numbers 14, the Lord says to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not believe me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? Move forward to the time of the Psalms, Psalm 4. Oh man, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? And you think this is just the Old Testament? Even Jesus in the New Testament, Matthew 17, 17. He says, Jesus says, Faithless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? God cries, how long? Because his people's lack of faith. Because his people's unfaithfulness, disobedience. In turn, God's people, those who are God-seeking, cry out. How long? That's why we have prophets writing this. But we also cry to God. How long, God? Look at Revelation 6. You don't have to flip. I'll read it for you. The saints cried with a loud voice. O sovereign Lord, holy and true. How long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So likewise, our text today, Habakkuk, cries to God. Because of the wickedness. Look at verse 2. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear, Habakkuk says. Or cry to you violence, and you will not say. 
wait a minute. This is quite different. Habakkuk here speaks as if God does not hear or attend to his people's cry. God is not just, sorry, Habakkuk is not just crying to God. He is kind of complaining to God. Look at verse 3. God, why do you make me see iniquity? Why do you idly look at wrong? Habakkuk is saying, God, what are you doing? Habakkuk, the prophet, is questioning and complaining to the Almighty God. Isn't this irreverent? Isn't this blasphemous, some people say? How could a Christian, even a prophet, talk like this to God? Why do you not hear, God? Why do you look and do nothing? But allow me to put this into perspective. Use the analogy of children earlier. Even when a child, when he is upset at his parents, he will still run to his parents and cry, Mommy! Why? Because this child knows he belongs to his parents. This shows the child's dependence. This shows that I am his. I am hers. This shows that the child has faith in their parents, that they will not turn him away. So likewise, Habakkuk, with the childlike faith, cries to Yahweh, his God, because he has faith in God. He cries to God because he knows I belong to him. He cries to God because I know I will not be turned away. Because he is my father. Later today, this afternoon, we will see Habakkuk cries to God because he has faith in the knowledge of God, in the truth about God. He knows his God. In verse 12, you see that in our chapter later, he calls holy God, righteous God, pure God. He knows his God. Do you know your God? Faith, you are seeing? If you know him, you know that he is yours and you are his. And you can come and cry to him anytime. But you won't do that if you don't know him. How do you know him if you don't study your Bibles, if you don't open his word, his love letters for you? Know your God. Now let's get back to Habakkuk. Continue to verse 3. The second part it says, Habakkuk says, Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, verse 4. And justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous and justice goes forth perverted. He's just complaining after complaint. Oh God, this is so frustrating. Look at how it is. But I want to point out once again, his cry is not about himself. His cries is for God's sake. His complaint, his cry, reflects the burden in his heart. For God's justice 
to be executed, for God's law to be established, for God's peace, shalom, to be restored. The burden in his heart reflects his identity. He is the God-seeking man, not self-seeking. How often do we cry to God for his sake and not our own? Our burden is often about ourselves, our comfort, our complaints is all for what I like or I want. Even when we cry for justice and peace, often it is self-serving for our own comfort. Our heart is corrupted, desperately sick. Our motive is hardly pure. So as believers, we have to go together with David. Ask God to search our heart. Remember Psalm 139? The bottom part, David says, Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred, perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. But immediately following that, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and Know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Even I know I hate your enemies, God, but make my heart pure, O Lord. We need God to search our heart and purify our motives. But let me push further with this complaint thing. When we are fed up with the wickedness of the world, when we have had enough, when we want God to put an end to wickedness, we need to remember we are the wicked ones. None of us are righteous, not by our own merit. And the only man who is righteous, holy, blameless, he came right here, straight down to the mess. He did not only get his hands dirty, but he took all the mess upon himself and even died hanging on a tree to purify you and me, the wicked ones, his chosen ones. Let me tell you his identity. His name is Jesus. He is the holy, holy, holy God. And this God did not sit idly, but he came straight to the mess to redeem you and me. His burden is to save you and to save me, the people of God whom God has chosen. His cry, even on the cross, he cries to his father, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? If there's anyone who may rightly complain about all the wickedness, if there's anyone who can safely say, God banish all evil, it's Jesus. It is He, the only one who is pure and holy. You and I will be crushed, destroyed, wiped out. 
punished. Because we are all sinful. But the perfect sinless Jesus was the one crushed by God. Why? My Bible tells me, Isaiah 53, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds, we are healed. All we have gone astray, everyone. We deserve the misery, the punishment. But Jesus took it upon Himself so that you and I may live. So that you and I may cry to God. Without Jesus, we stand condemned as sinners. Without Jesus, we have no right to call to God. We have no right to call Him Father. So only by faith in Jesus you can have peace with God. You can call Him Father. Because Jesus gives you new identity. His death purchased for you and for me the new identity as children of God. A new identity that is God-seeking. A new being with a new heart. A new desire. With a burden that is not for my own self, but for God's kingdom. Is this who you are today? If not, if you're not in Christ, I beg you come today. Do not wait. There might not be time. Tomorrow may not come. Do not harden your heart. Don't wait until you settle your heart as we sang earlier. You won't. You can't settle your heart. Don't wait until you're ready. You will never be ready. Come now. Remember the verse we read? Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. With all your burden, with all your questions, come. With your complaints, come. And he says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make you white as snow. Though your sins are red like crimsons, they shall become like wool. So come. He will transform you. This is the fullness of the gospel. Forgiveness of sin and being made whole again. Come with all your questions, burdens, doubts. Through Jesus, you can call him Father. Search my heart. You can come to him. Bear all your hearts. Be yourself. And He will make you new. So come. Lastly, before we move close, I want you to remember, when you pray how long, you are praying for God's judgment to be executed. When you ask God how long, when you pray for God to come again, Jesus Hasten your coming. You are praying for judgment. Are you ready? Are your loved ones ready? God's patience and kindness is meant to lead people to repentance. And He is gathering His people, the elect. And He calls us to that end. So share the gospel. 
Pray for His coming, but pray for the lost. Pray for the gospel to be preached. Cry to Him. Make this your burden because of who you are, your identity in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come to you and we never comprehend how can our unworthy selves, how can our deceitful hearts be counted worthy to stand in front of you, the holy, holy, holy God, to even call you Father. We have not lived according to your law. We have not loved one another as you commanded us to do. We have not lived up to our new identity. But we are thankful for Jesus Christ, our surety, our guarantee that we are purchased for good by His blood, by His righteousness. Father, help us to live according to our calling, to our new identity, Your children. Help us to not bring shame anymore to Your name. Help us to be known by the world from what we say, from what we talk about, from what we cry about. May the burden in our heart reveal the true identity that we have in Jesus Christ. Father, may You renew our hearts today. May you convict those who have not believed and surrendered his life so that when we leave this place, we will go with a new spirit, with a new identity that will be known by the world so that they may glorify our Father in heaven. Help us, Father, to be the doers of your word. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.